All who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here, age relives fond memories of the past. I'm a real boy! You want thingamabobs? I got 20. 10,000 years will give you such a crick in the neck. We This is the Magic on a Dollar podcast with David Dollar. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Mod Pod, the Magic on a Dollar podcast. Once again, my name is David, and I am here to talk about Disney stuff and uh, a little bit of magic stuff here and there. So I'm glad you're joining us. Thank you so much for joining us once again. It is, it's the end of June. It is, the year is half over. I, I'm a little shocked by this, and every week I know that uh, the time goes by quicker because the episode numbers I'm doing this, as I do this, grow and grow, and suddenly I'm on episode 34, and obviously you get to 50, 51, 52, that means you've been doing it a year. Well, I'm 14 weeks away, or 16 weeks away, hashtag mathing, from doing this a year for, for this podcast, which is insane because the year is half over, and by the time I get to episode 50, it'll be October, and the year will almost be over, and it's a little little nuts. So, I uh, just can't believe it. What are you guys doing with your year? What are you doing with your year? I've only been to Disney World twice this year so far. I'm happy to be here, happy to be doing what I'm doing, and of course I am your ma- Magic on a Dollar Disney travel planner. Very happy to help you with your Disney trip at magiconadollar.com, or go and email me at magiconadollar at gmail.com. I would be happy to talk to you about your Disney trip. Got a few things coming up here. We're going to talk some Disney news real quick, and then we'll talk, of course, about the Disney Fox thing. Big news there. I know you're probably tired of hearing about it, and I'm I'm going to reference it again, just kind of throwing it out there real quick. And We'll talk a little Disney history. Got a few hotels that are celebrating some birthdays. And we're going to talk about July 4th. Of course, this week is Independence Day for the United States of America, so happy July 4th. If you are hearing this on July 4th or before July 4th or something like that, Happy July 4th. I hope you have a safe, safe holiday week. Uh, but we're going to talk a little bit about being at Disney World for July 4th. So we'll talk a little bit about that coming up a little bit later on. But first, some Disney news. Real quick, October is when they're going to end the pet thing. Uh, when I say pet thing, what I mean by that is they are stopping the whole uh, pets coming to the resorts thing. I know last uh, last fall they began to allow uh, dogs to stay at the Yacht Club, at Port Orleans Riverside, Art of Animation, and at the cabins of Fort Wilderness. You uh, actually had to pay 50 or $75 per night on top of your hotel fees to accommodate the pets. You got a little special dog welcome kit and things like that. Well, they are going to stop that. I believe it has been confirmed by cast members in October. They will no longer offer this. Now, they will honor guests who have already made reservations to stay with pets, but new reservations will not be accepted beyond October. So if you are taking your dog there, you will have to do it before October because they will not let you if you're booking a trip. Pets, of course, will be banned from hotel rooms starting next year. And it's unknown why the program is being discontinued, but... I'm guessing it probably either wasn't popular or very cost-effective and probably was more trouble than it's worth. I Honestly, I haven't heard a single client of mine com- complain to me that they had issues with dogs at the resort. Uh, honestly, I haven't heard that much about the dogs, res- dogs at the resorts at all, so... Who knows how that went? I have no idea. Now, there is a typical kennel fee there, or there's a kennel fee they have. They have a kennel fee called, uh, I don't remember the name of it, Happy Tales or Kingdom pooches or something. I don't know what the name of it is. I'm making that up completely. But they have a, uh, they do have a, a kennel there that you can get reservations for to put your pets in. Um, but there you go. Disney's going to end the service. Of course, the Toy Story Land opened up 
Now, I am recording this on a Wednesday, and I believe they're going to open up Toy Story Land on Friday or Saturday. Saturday, actually, the 30th. And so, who knows, whenever you're listening to this, Toy Story Land will be opening soon, will open today, or will have opened a few days ago. That's the big news. You'll be hearing some more things about Toy Story Land coming up. You'll hear the reviews and everything. The reviews are starting to trickle in. I'm hearing some very positive things about Toy Story Land. So, that's coming. Pixar Pier opening up has opened up finally over at California Adventure. Now, the reviews have been mixed. I think a lot of people love what they've done with the place. To use that old adage, I love what you've done with the place. Uh, they love what they've done with Pixar Pier, kind of making it a Pixar area. I think one of the complaints that, that, that people have with Disney sometimes is, and, and honestly, I can kind of see this because this is kind of my beef too, is they don't really build anything new here. They're, what they're doing is they're Retheming existing attractions, uh, they're retheming the retheming the Incredicoaster and the Mickey's Big Wheel. They call it the Pixar Pal Around now, which Big Wheel sounds better to me. The Incredicoaster is now an Incredibles themed coaster, which I love. The Incredibles, so to have an Incredibles themed ride in any of the parks is cool. But they took away California Screaming. Of course, it is kind of odd to stand in Pixar Pier and look out and you see the Hotel Paradise Pier. So that's kind of a mixed message there. Pixar Pier here and. Paradise Pier there. They put in the, the brand new restaurant called the Lamplight Lounge. I've heard rave reviews about that, about the, the decor and how cool it looks and how good it is. Of course, that took away Ariel's Grotto, which was kind of the main dining character dining there in California Adventure. And I think there's one, maybe two character meals left uh, at all of the, both parks as well. And so... So that goes away. So I've heard some I've heard some good things up and down, and, and you know, and I'm, I'm eager to get out there. I'm eager to see it now. As we have been reporting, the Disney Fox merger with uh, with Comcast in the wings. There, we've been talking about this excessively for the last couple of weeks because to me it's just a big deal. And I actually, it's funny because I'm involved in a Facebook chat with some fellow travel agents in my agency, Paradise Falls Travel Company, and I keep bringing it up and nobody responds to it. I might be the only person that cares about this because maybe I'm the only person that realizes this is such a big deal. Or maybe it's just because I'm a nerd, or maybe both. I don't know. But it is, it is, is a big deal, and it actually has has been cleared by the Justice Department. There's no antitrust things going on there. Disney has won the approval to buy most of 21st Century Fox deals for 71.3 billion dollars. They're going to buy 71.3 billion dollars worth of stuff. Now Comcast, of course, had bid 65 dollars in cash, but they were outbid. They were not willing to go any higher. So Fox and Disney looks like they will end up making their deal. Now, what takes it so long to finally finish is they have to have other approvals from other countries because this does reach beyond the United States. There are holdings in different countries and regulations that have to be crossed or whatever, but the big one was the United States, and now that it's cleared, we're, we're good. I think the condition is that Disney has to sell the 22 regional sports networks, and those are the ones that, you know, when you look on your, your Dish Network on channel you know 644, you'll see Fox Mountain West, and you'll see Fox East, and Fox New England, Fox Sports uh, Gulf Coast, and Fox Sports California, whatever, those regional sports networks that Fox has set up all over the country. The Disney does not get Fox Sports 1, they do not get Fox Channel, they don't get the Fox News Channel, Fox, uh, they don't get Fox Business, but they do get the movie studio, all the movie properties, and the sports networks, but Disney has to sell those out. So they're going to be selling those out sometime sometime in the next, I don't know, year or two, something like that. They'll probably make a deal. Now, it will be interesting to see and I do want to, I don't want to get too far into this because we've talked about this a couple of weeks ago. We went heavily into the Fox Disney thing because to kind of talk it out. But it will be interesting to see what they do with ESPN because, as I referenced before, ESPN's been kind of trouble for them, not because of anything other than just the money part. They've really had a lot of financial troubles with money. And when you hear the 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 quarterly statements that are coming out. Every time you read a report, it will say some of these losses are due to the losses of ESPN. Um, and it will be be interesting to see, will Disney bundle those together and sell them off as one piece, or will they break them up or whatever? So that's 
that's something to watch for as well. A little bit of Disney history for you. Two uh, resorts had a birthday this week. The Grand Floridian, which is kind of the crown jewel, I guess, of Disney resorts, located at 4401 Floridian Way. It's the third Magic Kingdom monorail resort. It's located on the Seven Seas Lagoon between the Polynesian Resort and the Magic Kingdom. This hotel is it's themed to be kind of reminiscent of a turn-of-the-century Victorian Florida. They also had a, at the time, they opened up Flagler's Restaurant, 1900 Park Fair, M. Mouse Mercantile Shop, Narcoosie's Restaurant, Victorian Albert's Restaurant, and the Grand Floridian Cafe. Now, I don't believe that Flagler's is still around. I don't remember anything about Flagler's being in there. They changed the name of the Grand Floridian. It was actually called the Grand Floridian Beach Resort. Uh, in 1997, they changed it to the Grand Floridian Resort and Spa because they put a top-of-the-line uh, facility spa and health club into the Grand Floridian. Now, there are three that sit on the monorail. Disney has uh, five main resorts in the Magic Kingdom area. Grand Floridian, Polynesian, the Contemporary, uh, Fort Wilderness and Wilderness Lodge. The monorail goes to three of those. It goes to the Contemporary first, and then it stops at the, Pol- uh, the Polynesian, and then it goes to the Grand Floridian. Nestled back a little bit away from them is the Grand is the Fort Wilderness Lodge and Fort Wilderness Cabins. And so they're all kind of in that same area. The monorail only goes through those three, though. It goes through the Contemporary, stops in front of the Polynesian, stops in front of the Grand Flow. So those are the monorail resorts, and as a result, they are the most expensive resorts on property. Those things are pretty doggone expensive. I've stayed in the Grand Floridian before. I loved it. I thought it was a beautiful resort, but that's not my theming. Victorian kind of that theme is just not me. I really dig the Polynesian. I love the tiki. I love the volcano. I love the whole just the Fiji Islands and the Polynesian Islands. Um, I love all of that. I love that theming. I love that just that cool thing. The lobby in the, in, in the Polynesian uh, the lobby in the Grand Floridian is beautiful. You walk in, you look around, oh my gosh, this is just, it's majestic, and it's gorgeous, and it's just, it's grand, hence Grand Floridian. It's just, it's gorgeous. You walk in, and it's like five stories high. You're walking in, you're looking at all the stories around you, and the piano guys playing the piano, or maybe they have the jazz band going on, and it's just beautiful, right? But you walk into the Polynesian, and to me, the difference in the Polynesian and the Grand Floridian is the Polynesian is fun. It's beautiful. To me, it's not majestic. You don't walk in and you don't see, you know, you, you don't see how uh, five and six stories of, of, of the hotel. You just see kind of the second story where some, where the, some of the restaurants are and that kind of thing. But it's just fun. It really is fun. I love the Polynesian restaurant uh, resort. Uh, the, the contemporary is cool, too. The contemporary, though, is made more like you see the Grand Atrium as you're walking off the monorail or you're walking, I guess, off the elevator. You walk into here. It's... It's not majestic, and I wouldn't classify it as fun. I would almost classify it as cool. Now, I know those are three subjective words, and it's kind of weird to use majestic, fun, and cool separately, but that's kind of how I would classify those resorts because you walk into the atrium, and it's it's just cool. You got this, the you got the rooms and everything. They're kind of going in a – it's almost like you're standing at the bottom of a triangle, and you see the, the, the floors kind of – go up and you see each of the stories and there's people walking back and forth to their rooms but in the meantime you've got chef mickey there and you've got the some of my favorite uh, restaurant i'm not restaurants some of my favorite gift shops are right there the, the food court is there i mean all of it look really really cool it just looks cool and of course you go on up uh, up the elevator and you get the get to the uh, california grill and so 
it's just cool. I just like it. I really, really do. Grand Floridian, I've spent many nights there. I've spent many t- much time there. I've been there a lot. I love it. Uh, it's great. It's majestic. I'd rather be at the Polynesian. I'd rather be at Contemporary. So that's just my take. On the other hand, uh, also celebrating a birthday this week is the Boardwalk. Now, the Boardwalk opened up on this this week in 1996. It was the last of the Epcot resorts planned around Crescent Lake. Disney's Boardwalk Inn opened up at 2101 North Epcot Resort. It kind of recreates this vacation charm of this mid-Atlantic coastal cottage of the 30s um, located on a small lake in the Epcot Hollywood Studio waterway visible to uh, visible to Epcot visible to uh, Yacht and Beach Club resorts they're all right there the dance club is right there ESPN Club Boardwalk Bakery it's all there the Spoodles restaurant actually debuted at the same time that's no longer there and the Boardwalk Villas which is a Disney Vacation Club property also opened up on this day as well now the Boardwalk area is extremely cool too I love the Boardwalk area and I'm going to say a whole lot of I love when I say talk about these things and I do I love being at these different places because they're all different the boardwalk area um let me set this up for you it's set like a new jersey boardwalk basically and you have the boardwalk which is the hotel you have this long strip on the pier there which is you know restaurants and eateries and bakeries and a gift shop and whatever as you walk around you go over a little bridge there's yacht and beach club which is right there and sit back just a little bit is the swan and dolphin now the hollywood boats the hollywood studio epcot boats they do run to all of these they and epcot is literally 10 minutes away like you walk out of boardwalk you take a right you go down the sidewalk you go over a little bridge and there's epcot it is right there it's so cool how it is how how close it is and i love being in that area and a lot of times i will talk to clients about deluxe resorts and whatever and and they kind of want to go to the monorail and i give them the monorail price and maybe it's a little too pricey for them and then i suggest the boardwalk area and they kind of balk at that too and i'm like you don't understand how cool the boardwalk area is even if you're at the polynesian you got to take either a boat or you have to take the monorail to get to the Magic Kingdom, to get anywhere, really. Uh, at the boardwalk, you just walk. You can just walk a big circle all the way around it. You can walk to Epcot. It's right there. Take the boat, go to Hollywood Studios. I don't recommend walking to Hollywood Studios from the boardwalk area, only because it's like a 25 to 30-minute walk. It's over a little over a mile, I believe. Uh, and it's just, it's it's not a good walk. It's like a mile long in the hot sun, and it's like, oh my gosh, it's tiring. And uh, some, some fellow agents and I did this several years ago. We did the walk not knowing how long it would be, and about halfway through, we're just like, this is terrible because <gasps> we're sweating and we're tired and whatever. And I know it's a mile. You're wah, 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 right? Come on, David Dollar. Give me, do better than that. But still, it was a long walk for us when we could just take the boat. I love taking the boat, too. And if you if you get tired at Epcot or at Hollywood Studios, you're like, you know what? We need a break. If you're at the Magic Kingdom, you can hop on the monorail and go to the monorail track like three or four times and just relax. Maybe take a nap on the monorail. Done it before. Uh, at the boardwalk area, however, you don't have the monorail, but you have the boat there. And so you can come out of Epcot or Hollywood. Take the boat. Let the boat go from your park to the resorts it'll stop at swan and dolphin it'll stop at the yacht and beach club stop over at the boardwalk and then it will go to the other park and then it will come back and it makes a trek all the way around about a 20 to 25 minute journey and and you get on the boat and you kind of lean up against the window and the boat's got air conditioning in it and you hear that of the boat and it kind of just look i've taken a nap there i have taken many a nap there i wake up and i'm like where are i don't where are we what's going on it's so comforting it's so nice my wife has taken many a nap on my shoulder on those very very boats uh so the boardwalk is celebrating another birthday 32 years i believe hashtag mathing 22 years for opening up in 1996 and also opening up the norway pavilion opened up in 1988 it is uh 
is one of the one of the newer pavilions of Epcot. Of course, they debuted with several, and I think Ep- Norway was maybe one of the two they added after that. De- with a dedication by Crown Prince Harald, who was the king of Norway at the time, the 58,000-square-foot Norway pavilion designed to look like a Norwegian village. And, of course, it has gone through a couple of things since then. Uh, they have done some different things in terms of making it better and they've turned they've added the frozen ride they've added the frozen the the anna and elsa meet and greet they've had the princess breakfast there uh maelstrom was the big ride there that was there for a while and uh it's no longer there unfortunately because they did something else with it they have turned it into the frozen ever after ride so that's the norway pavilion and the people mover also debuted on this day in 1975 on this week in 1975 the widway people mover a futuristic way of shuttling people around tomorrowland opens up it's located over at rocket tower plaza where passengers enter and exit into a circular moving platform. The ride is based on the Disneyland People Mover, but unlike Disneyland's version, Walt Disney World is sponsored by the Edison Electric Institute. So we had a sponsor. Tomorrowland Transit Authority Metroliner, non-stop, now departing Rocket Tower Plaza Station for a super trip, super skyway tour. Something like that. That's some of the narration you'd hear. And you know what? We'll get into this next week. We're going to talk a little bit about the Tomorrowland rumors next week because there's a lot of rumors going around about Tomorrowland, what they're going to do with it. Are they going to Are they going to change the people mover? Who knows? So we'll talk about that next week as well. But let's get into the July 4th because it is a July 4th holiday. Happy July 4th. And people go July 4th. They go all the time on July 4th. It's one of the busiest days of the year. It's busy. It's crowded. And it's hot. And I can't stress to you enough about the fact that it's hot. It is super duper stinking hot. It's Florida. And it's not just hot. It's also humid because sometimes it'll rain for like 20 minutes in the middle of the afternoon. And then you walk out and it's like you you it's like you can walk through the air. You're feeling the air and how sticky it is. And I've been in the summertime before and it is it's, it's just hot. Now you have to go into summer. And this is my first tip. I'm going to have a series of tips for you here, kind of how to handle July 4th. But the first tip is set your expectations for the fact that it's going to be hot. And what I mean by that is you don't want to go into it with the mentality of I'm going to find air conditioning and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be comfortable and whatever. You have to go into it knowing it's going to be hot. You know it's going to be just melty, humid, hot. Uh, because if you complain about it, you can't really say much because you knew it was going to be hot. That's like going Christmas time when it's the busiest, most expensive time of the year. If you're spending your entire Christmas day at the parks thinking, oh my gosh, this is so expensive and oh my gosh, it's so crowded. You knew that going into it. And so there's no reason complaining about it. Just do it. Just enjoy yourself. Same thing with July 4th. You just have to understand it's going to be hot. Second tip I have for you is know that there are two sets of fireworks, July 3rd and July 4th. So maybe consider going July 3rd to Epcot or to Magic Kingdom for the fireworks. Now, the fireworks, I've, I've never seen them in person, but I've seen them online, and they're just spectacular. They're just insanely gorgeous. It's I, I put Disney fireworks against any fireworks in the, in the, in the world. Um, I think Disney fireworks are better than anything else you're going to find out there because of the meticulous way they put the fireworks together, how it synchronizes to the music, how it tells a story. It actually Fireworks tell a story. It's not just people shooting off bottle rockets, Roman candles. It actually is telling a story with the projection now they have on, on the castle. It looks cool, of course. The Illuminations has the globe in the middle there, so they're telling a story there as well. It's just they're gorgeous. But there are fireworks on both sides, July 3rd and July 4th, and it's something to consider. Maybe you might want to go to one and not the other, and maybe go to one. And if you want to go to the other, go see if it's too crowded, then you know you've already seen them on July 3rd. It's Disney's Celebrate America fireworks on July 3rd, and you'll get the same experience, but maybe a smaller crowd, not quite as bad. Tip number three for you. We talked about how hot it is. We talked about the July 3rd fireworks. Now, get there early. 
Okay, when I say early, get there at least an hour, maybe an hour and a half ahead of time. And I know that sounds crazy, right? Park opens at 9, you got to be there at 7.30. I would plan to be walking out of your resort room at 7.30. 7.15, 7.30 to catch the bus. I would get there as soon as you possibly can. If you plan on driving, leave even earlier because I have been on the monorail heading towards the Magic Kingdom in the morning. Maybe we went somewhere to dinner or to breakfast or whatever or to Epcot or something early. And we're on the monorail, we're heading to the Magic Kingdom and seeing the line of cars to get into the Magic Kingdom, almost traffic at a standstill, and we're talking thousands of vehicles to get into the Magic Kingdom. The Magic Kingdom parking lot holds approximately 10,000 vehicles. It's one of the largest straight-surface parking lots in the world. Epcot actually holds 11,000. I think it actually is the largest same-level parking structure in the world, and they're going to be full. They're going to fill those lots up. You're going to have 10,000 vehicles all parked there. So all those vehicles had people in them who are all going to the parks. As well as all the people that are staying in all 29,000 hotel rooms are all going to the parks. Now there are four parks obviously to choose from, so they're dispersing themselves amongst all the parks. And maybe not everybody's going to the parks. Maybe they're going to Disney Springs or they're going to the water park or whatever. But a lot of people on July 3rd and July 4th are headed to the Magic Kingdom and to Epcot. So get there early, as early as you can, as early as feasible. And if you're single, you have no excuse. If you're a couple, you're on your honeymoon or whatever, and you know, get there early. With family, I know with small children, it's going to be harder. Go ahead and carve that day out of your schedule. Just you know, go to bed the night before, plan on it. Look at that day and say, you know what, on Wednesday, we know we have to be there early. Let's make decisions on Monday and Tuesday so we can get up at 5 in the morning, get dressed, get out the door at 6 or 6.30, be at the park by 7 and get there and open up. And I don't even know what time the park opens on July 4th. I'll look that up real quick for you. But but yeah, get there early. And I, and I can't stress to you enough on that how that's important because that leads me to tip number four. When you get in there... Go straight to the attraction you want to ride the most because that ride's going to be going to be busy all day. Probably going to say Peter Pan or maybe the Mine Train or even Big Thunder or Space Mountain or something. Go ahead and as a family or, or as a couple or even by yourself decide what attraction that I have to ride. If I don't ride anything else, if, if after I get walk off that ride, the park shuts down for some crazy, insane, tragic reason, I know I got to ride that and I'm happy. What ride is that? Go do that ride first. All right, so that's my next tip. The next thing is going into Fast Passes, make sure we have Fast Passes for the other stuff. Now, it would be great to have the Fast Passes for the rides you want, obviously. And let's say Space Mountain is the ride you want to ride the most, I would still say go there first. Break that down a little bit. If you have one or two or three attractions, you want to ride all three of them equally, get the Fast Passes for what you can and go ride the other one. July 4th, uh, Magic Kingdom opens up at 8 a.m., so I would say get there by 6.30 or 7. Epcot opens at 9. I would say get there by 7.30-ish, 8-ish maybe at the latest because they'll start letting people in a little bit early, so you want to make sure you get there. Magic Kingdom actually opens up an hour early. So really, the park will be open at 7, up until the castle, and then at 8 o'clock they let everybody into the rest of the park. So you could even get there at 6.30, wait in line for 30 minutes, and just go on in. So it's kind of vital, all right? So we talked about fast passes. We talked about getting there early, hitting your favorite attraction. Eat at off times. Everybody's going to be having lunch between 11 and 1. Everybody will be having dinner starting around 5-ish to about 7-ish or so. Try to have lunch at 1.30 or 2. Maybe have an early lunch at like 10. Maybe have dinner at 4 or have dinner at 8.30, depending on your family dynamic, if you can handle that, if the kids can handle that. I know that I know that some parents actually uh, will tell me they don't want anything past, say, 8 o'clock because it's just too late for their children. They just can't do it. I know other parents that tell me for dinner, you know what, if you find me a Chef Mickey at 9.30, I will make the kids deal with it because we're at Disney World, we're going to do it. You know, be aware of what your limitations are, obviously. You don't want to plan on having a, well, David Dollar told me to eat dinner at 9 o'clock, and then you get there at 9 and your children are monsters. Uh, so plan for that, obviously, but plan at the off times. Don't get there. Don't try to eat lunch at Pecos Bills at 12.15 because you're going to have a hard time getting in. Don't go over to uh, 
tell Liberty Tree Tavern, try to get a reservation at, you know, 12, or go to Casey's Corner at 11.50 and think you're going to walk right in. It's not going to happen because lunchtime hours are going to be busy. So try to eat in the off times. Uh, Also, make sure you drink a lot of fluids. A lot of fluids. Last time I was there in in the hot summer, uh, it wasn't even hot summer. It was actually September. I went there in September, and it was really hot. It was coming off the hurricane. The day was everything was hot. It was still very, very hot. It was early in September, and I probably went through four bottles of water a day. Now, I had water for my room, so I had them in the fridge, and I would carry two bottles with me, but I would go through both of those bottle bottled waters by noonish. I would probably buy another two to three during the day because it's just, I'm sweating a lot. I'm sweating, and I'm hot and everything. Make sure you hydrate. Make sure you wear sunscreen. Make sure you're prepared for those things, all right? Even on cloudy days, sun, the sun will still get to you, so make sure you have that. Okay, make sure you have that because you don't want to go back with a sunburn. You want to make sure that you pace yourself because the heat wears you out. And you're going to the Magic Kingdom. Magic Kingdom is open on July 4th from 8 a.m. to 1 a.m. So let's say you're a family of four. You got a teenage kid who's 14, and you have a child who's like eight, and maybe even a child who's three. Okay, so plan for these things in terms of how much water you're going to need, how much water you're going to spend, because you may have to buy a bottle of waters. Bottle of waters are three bucks a pop at the park. So every time the family has a bottle of water. That's like 12 or 15 bucks if you're buying everybody water. So just plan for that. Just understand it's going to be pricey. Florida water is not good. It's serviceable. It'll make it work, but it's not that good tasting. Kiosks will give you a cup of water if you ask for them. So if you walk up to a popcorn kiosk, if it's available, if they have it, or if you walk up to, say, you know Casey's Corner or Columbia Harbor House and you say, I just need a bottle, I just need a glass of water, they will give you some water right there for free. No charge or whatever. So you can kind of get some water there. Um, but just keep water bottles handy. Refill water bottles. You can actually buy water bottles that have Brita filters. They have small Brita filters at the top of the bottle. That's what filters the water. Maybe invest in those. But hydrate as much as you can. Do not forget to do that. Do not forget to wear sunscreen. And finally, the reason everybody is at Disney World, the reason everybody's at Epcot, the reason everybody's in Magic Kingdom on July 3rd, July 4th, is they want to see the Celebrate America fireworks. They want to see this spectacular, incredible, gorgeous USA America fireworks celebration going on at both parks. And that is why they're there. So if they're there, they're going to be getting their spots for the fireworks early. Now, it stinks to tell you you need to be plan, plan to be at your fireworks spot anywhere from two to three hours early, but that's that's the case. If you want prime spots, you're going to walk through the hub. As you're walking through the Magic Kingdom, I don't even know what time the fireworks start. I don't have it listed yet. But if you walk through the Magic Kingdom with the fireworks at, say, 9 o'clock, you're going to see people 6, 5, camping out for fireworks. That's just what they do. Now, you have a decision to make. Do I want to spend part of my day, the last half of my evening, sitting and waiting for fireworks? Or do I want to not worry about it and then just find a fireworks spot somewhere? You can decide that for yourself, okay? Whatever is important to you. If you just want to be at the Magic Kingdom, you know what? We'll catch the fireworks behind the castle. They'll be a little disjointed because fireworks are shot in two different places north of the Magic Kingdom. So as you're standing in front of the castle, you see them all together. But when you're standing behind the castle, you kind of your perspective is a little off because there's a gap between where the fireworks are shooting. You can decide what's going to work for you. I wouldn't watch them in Frontierland. They're not very good in Frontierland because they're very disjointed. They, they look cool, but the store is completely gone. You obviously can't see the front of the castle in the, the Once Upon a Time show as well, so that's missing. Fireworks in front of the hub is probably the best place you're going to get. If you go to the hub in front of the castle, there's that, 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 that circle hub where um, where the kind of the gated area is, the little fenced area is. They have some statues and things like that. That is kind of the best place to watch the fireworks. Don't go up too close. Don't get so close you're like, I want to see the Once Upon a Time castle show. 
if you do that, you're not going to be able to move backwards because of all the people. You're going to miss the fireworks because you're going to be looking straight up over the castle to see the fireworks. If you go too far back on the main street, you'll be able to see the fireworks pretty well, but you're going to miss the Once Upon a Time Castle show. And don't miss that show. That show is fantastic. It's a great show, so do not miss that show. Um, so really, if you can get there somewhere in that in that little vicinity of the hub right there in the middle or in the grassy area kind of behind the hub, that is perfect. Stake your spot out. Put your blanket down. Put your bags down, whatever. Sit down. Have a seat. Sit there. Make trips to the bathroom. You know, if there's a couple of you, if there's a family, you know, have have dad sit there with the kids while mom takes the kids to the bathroom or have mom sit there with the kids while dad takes the kids to get something to drink or if the kids are old enough, maybe they can, one or two can run off to run a ride or ride or something. But stake your claim and make sure you, you protect your area because I will tell you, people are sometimes not magical at the most magical place on earth because they will encroach in your area and they don't mean to because they want to see as, as much as they can so they're going to kind of get as close as they can to you. I, I, be careful. Protect your area. Be nice about it, but protect your area because people will encroach on your area. So there you go, folks. As a reminder, just to understand that it's going to be hot and expensive, just go into it with that mentality and you can deal with it. July 3rd, July 4th, fireworks on both days. Pick which one's going to work best for you. Get there really, really early. Stay in the park if you can. Don't leave the park. If you leave the park, there's always a chance you can't get back in. So make sure you stay in the park. Get to your favorite attractions first. Get fast passes. Work with your fast passes and your favorite attractions kind of as a plan together. So do that together. Make sure you eat at off times. Lunch at 10.30 or 11 or maybe 1.30 or 2. Dinner at 3 or 3.30 or dinner at 8 or 8.30. Uh, but if you do dinner late, understand you may miss the fireworks because the fireworks will be going off as well. Make sure you have plenty of water, plenty of sunscreen, and, of course, get your fireworks spot staked out early. One more, uh, be nice. That's the other thing is be nice. Don't, don't get too upset. When people do things, people will cut in front of you, and there will be strollers that will cut in front of you, and there will be strollers that will bop you in the back of the leg accidentally. There will be you know, little scooters that will zip along, driven by people who think they own the world just because they're 75 and in a little scooter. They're like, well, I've lived my life. You should honor me by getting out of my way. <laughs> there are moms with kids, and kids will be running around crazy, and they will annoy you, and they will spill stuff, and they will get in your way, and it will be crazy, and they will be teenagers with break lines. Go with it. I'm not saying don't stand up for yourself, you know. If people are cut in line, don't be afraid to say something. If if people are banging you in the in the shins continually with the stroller, don't be afraid to speak up. Be nice about it or whatever. But understand that, you know, kids are crazy, and when it's hot, kids get crazier. And mom and dad are doing everything they can. Ninety-five percent of the families you see with crazy kids, mom and dad are doing everything they can to keep them keep them straight, and they're they're struggling. Uh, I have pushed a double stroller through a very crowded park before, and it's not easy. Because people stop in front of you, and you, you will stop in front of them. And you don't mean to, and you don't think about it, but you will do it accidentally, and then I will run into you. So when you turn around and look at me, just be nice about it. I'm going to be nice about it to you, even though you step right in front of me. I can't tell you how many near misses I've had from running over at people, kids included, who will just suddenly stop. And I jam on the brakes, and I jerk the stroller back real quick, and they never know anything. They just stop, they kind of look at their map, and they keep walking. And I'm like, I just saved you a broken femur. And so... Be nice about that, okay? Just just understand, cast members are working hard. They're hot, too. They're sweaty, too. So have a little grace. Like I said, don't get yourself run over. Don't let yourself be pushed over. Stand up for yourself when you need to. But otherwise, be nice. Be magical. So there you go. That is episode number 34 of the Magic on a Dollar podcast. Once again, my name is David Dollar. Thank you so much for joining us again. MagicOnADollar.com is where you can go to find the uh, find the show notes. Click on the podcast page, and you'll see all the show notes for the entire page. Go there. Of course, go to MagicOnADollar at gmail.com, and I would be happy to help you and assist you with your travel planning. I can walk you through this FastPass thing, by the way. This whole 
July 4th Fast Pass thing, I've done it for families before, kind of help them put their Fast Pass plan together. I've got three or four families going July 4th week, and they're going to be fine. They're going to be great. Now, obviously, the onus is on them to find a good spot to watch the fireworks and kind of do some of the things I've suggested. But overall, they're going to be they're going to be great. They're going to have a good time uh, with their fast passes and with their rides and stuff. So don't be afraid to call me. I'd be love to help you out. Got some great stuff coming up in September. Disney is offering this fantastic deal where you go this set of dates. I want to say it's the eighth through the thirteenth. Don't quote me on that. You can I will quote you on it whenever you contact me. But this this set of dates that you go you own the set of dates. You get all kinds of cool things like uh, you know you get party admission to the Halloween party and you get special fireworks dessert tickets and whatever and, and i'll have it in front of me i can't read it all to you but it's a cool deal and it's not very expensive it's not really expensive at all so i would love to talk to you about that there are free dining dates still open up in september so if you're thinking about going september and you want some free dining i might be able to help you out with that as well 2019 has been released for the entire year so we've been able to help out with that all the way up through i think november the 7th or 8th somewhere in there if you're looking to go december of 2019 in a couple of weeks, we're going to be able to work that out for you, too. So all that's happening, magicunadollar.com, magicunadollar at gmail.com. Find me on Twitter at magicunadollar. Find me on, on Instagram at magicunadollar. Find me on Facebook at Dollar. Also, go to magicunadollar on Facebook as well. So I'm at both of those places. So there you go. There's the episode. Don't forget to thank a Phoenician.